Welcome to the Half Hill Report. News and items of interest for and about the village of Half Hill, the Valley of the Four Winds, Pandaria, and all of Azeroth. Half Hill Report is produced in cooperation with Half Hill Agricultural College, dedicated to serving the educational needs of the greater Valley of the Four Winds community. I'm your host, Tosh Mafuni, coming to you live from the upstairs room at Half Hill's own Lazy Turnip Inn. And it's listener letter time. This week's letter is from, let's see, Menora, a student at the Exodar Historical Academy. And she writes, Dear Tosh Mafuni, I love listening to your report every week. Oh, thank you. And feel as if I have gotten to know you and all the other people who participate each week. They sure are an interesting group. Boy, are they. But you never talk much about what you hope to do with all the skills you've learned once you graduate from Half Hill. I'm very curious about your plans for the future. What do you see as your career goals now that Azeroth is on a path to peace and prosperity? Do you see yourself moving to one of the big cities hint, like the Exodar, so you can cover more of the world. Sincerely, Monara. Well, what a great letter, Monara. Wow. The Exodar Historical Academy. Now that sounds like an interesting place to study. You know, before I decided to study journalism, I actually thought about majoring in history, but honestly, I just couldn't see any future in it. Thanks for writing. And now, on with the news. In local news, Half Hill residents, and especially the youngsters, have complained to lazy turnip proprietress Leylon for once again failing to have a Hallow's End candy bucket at the lazy turnip, forcing local families to travel as far away as Pangstead or Stoneplow to collect a handful of tricky treats. I asked Leylon about her refusal to participate in this annual event. Leylon said that she has never refused to participate and that she actually has no control over this decision, which she heard is made by a committee of mysterious individuals in a faraway city she called Irvine. She said she would be happy to have a candy bucket if this committee would agree to it. Well, whoever you are in Irvine, if you're listening... The Lazy Turnip sure would like to get a candy bucket at Hallow's End next year. Hey folks, they may not have tricky treats, but the fine vendors of Half Hill Market have the best prices on everything you need for your farm, garden, and kitchen. And hey, it's not too soon to drop by and learn some flavorful and healthy traditional Pandaren recipes that are sure to please family and friends this holiday season from the master chefs of the Iron Paw Culinary Institute. Half Hill Market, open every day, all year round. A world of shopping, right here in our own backyard. That intro music can mean only one thing. It's time for another edition of Jan's Huddle with our sports reporter, Jan Ironchin. Brought to you by Moonberry Juice. Take it away, Jan. Thank you, Tashi. Jan Ironchin here. It's been a couple of weeks since I reported on the progress of the mighty Mooshans this season, so I have a bit of catching up to do. 
The Mooshans, of course, won their preseason game against the traveling yaks of the Coda School of Backpacking and Insider Trading. They followed that up with a decisive consecutive wins against the Fighting Forest Riders of Silver Moon Academy, who came into that game pretty beat up after a heartbreaking overtime loss to the menacing metallurgist of the Iron Forge School of Mines the previous week, who the Mooshans defeated handily the next week. So this week, the Mooshans took their fast-starting 3-0 record into a home matchup against the Gadgeteers of Nomaragon Tech. The Gadgeteers, fresh off a win against Silvermoon and looking to avenge their loss to the Mooshans last season, were clicking on all cylinders in the first period, scoring several quick single criticals before the Mooshans got their paws on the ground defensively. Sophomore single inner back LG Windtail rallied the Mooshan's offense in the second period for two spectacular double criticals, but failed to bring that same effectiveness into the third period. It was a defensive battle from that point on, each team using an effective combination of interrupts and binds to stymie the opposing offense. But the Mooshan scoring in the second period proved to be enough as they chalked up their fourth consecutive win. Coach Mo Drift Branch says he feels good about their away matchup next week against the Buccaneers of Bilgewater Vocational Institute and is looking to extend their win streak to 5-0. That's it for me this week. This is Yen reminding you to keep your paws on the ground and your eye on the ball. Thanks, Yen. And a reminder that the Half Hill Ag Alumni Association is offering free transportation to next week's away game in exchange for any donation to their refugee relief fund. Jan's Huddle is sponsored by Moonberry Juice. Sold everywhere, used by everyone. Checking the Azeroth calendar, the year-end holiday season is coming up fast, with Pilgrim's Bounty just a few weeks away. But you still have one day of Hallow's End, to collect a lot of wonderful treats from innkeepers throughout Azeroth. <laughs> Except, of course, from the Lazy Turnip. Hallow's End wraps up with the Day of the Dead, a three-day celebration where we all gather in cemeteries to celebrate and honor the spirits of those we have lost. Well, speaking of Hallow's End, Velmic is spending this weekend with Dowlin and their little girl Alice for Hallow's End, so this week we have a special treat. You all know, of course, my faculty advisor, Professor Talib, who specializes in the effects of agricultural technology on societal change. What you don't know is she is also an amateur archaeologist. It's an interest she's had since she was a child and one that she's enjoyed at times ever since. Well, I joined Professor Talib on one of her expeditions recently, and she's here in the studio to talk with me about it. Professor, it's been quite some time since you've been on the show. It's great to have you back. Happy to be here. I'm always glad to support a student who needs a little extra help. Wait, what? Extra help? Uh, okay, never mind. We'll talk about that later, I guess. We are here to talk about our archaeology trip to Stormsong Valley. Well, as you know, I've spent a lot of time in Stormsong Valley over the last several years. There are several dust sites there that I've been wanting to have a closer look at. So I decided we should start with Goldfield Farmstead. This site is on a lovely green hill overlooking the farm and with breathtaking views of the valley. 
It was very pretty, so <laughs> I was a little concerned about getting permission to tear up this lovely site. But the owner of the farm wasn't around, so that made it easier. Tasha, you might as well tell everybody why the farmer wasn't there. Oh, right. Well, yeah, the farm had been overrun by briarbacks, but I assume the family found someplace safe to be. I did leave a note. That's good. So we began by surveying the site looking for likely locations. That took a little longer than we'd initially planned. Hey, that surveying tool is harder to use than it looks. For your first time, you did fine, Tashi. And eventually we found a fairly complete set of fragments of a disemboweling sickle. Yes, and you explained to me that this is a farm implement adapted into a pretty fearsome combat weapon. Sadly, many agricultural implements have more than one use. Hmm, I hear you, Professor. The next thing we found was a jagged blade of the drust, used both in ancient drust ceremonies and in combat. From the weapons we were finding, it seemed obvious to me that this was the site of an ancient battle, most likely between the native drust and the humans who invaded Colteris from Gilneas. That was over 2,500 years ago. That didn't end well for the drust, did it, Professor? Sadly, no. An all-too-common social process. Well, from there we moved on to a dig site in the Deadwash, a vast mud flat of land that was originally drained to create more farmland, but was quickly overrun by treasure hunters. Yes, and archaeologists have been in a race ever since to recover and preserve whatever artifacts they can before they're destroyed or sold by profit-seeking adventurers. <laughs> Good thing Rizhak wasn't with us. But, in fairness, Professor, we did sell some of the things that we found. Tashi, you know very well we didn't sell them. We exchange them with other academics for fragments we need. That's a cooperative activity to preserve as many artifacts as possible. Okay, whatever. Anyway, this dig site was dominated by the hull of a broken ship that had either been stranded when the land had been drained or was an uncovered shipwreck. Little hard to tell. The area was also patrolled by some rather annoying entities who seemed determined to interrupt our work. The restless stones weren't so bad, but that monolithic colossi was particularly troublesome. It might not have been quite so troublesome if you had helped me take it down. Hey, I got startled, and, and the sun was in my eyes. Yes, I could see how it would have been from the hilltop you ran to. Okay, okay, so moving on. We had two very exciting finds at this location. A soul coffer, which I understand was used by the dress to capture souls of the recently departed for use in dark rituals. Ugh. And I actually found a complete, pristine, jagged blade of the drust, all by myself. Beginner's luck. Sure, but that didn't seem to matter to Jane Hudson at Hudson Archaeological in Boralus. She oversees the operation there and trains locals in archaeology. She was pretty excited about this find and even put it out for display on a shelf upstairs. Our next location was Scalpspine Hill, a rise just above the town of Brenadum. This area is apparently a sourless breeding ground. Yeah, we did our best not to disturb the breeding population, but unfortunately we got a little too close to some eggs and had to deal with that. <laughs> yes, and you are much more helpful here than in Deadwash. Hey! 
I'm just teasing you. In this area, we uncovered another disemboweling sickle, as well as an almost complete ceremonial bone saw. That was used by the dress to gain access to the heart and other organs of animals they killed for rituals. Wow. Those dress had some pretty savage rituals. From my research, I don't believe the dress were originally so savage. They were druids who were led down a very dark path by an evil sorcerer king named Gorak Tull. <sighs> it's sad what bad leadership can bring a people to. Well, we wrapped up our digging there and headed home to Half Hill, but not before our stop at Hudson Archaeology, that I mentioned earlier, to turn over some of our crafted artifacts to Jane Hudson. And... She even gave me this nifty highborn nobleman's letter opener that I'll use every week to open the listener's letters. I'm pleased you've taken an interest in archaeology, Tashi. That should complement some of the other projects you're doing. You know, I really think it will. And I really enjoyed myself, too. Thanks for letting me tag along. And, um, I guess maybe this will count as extra credit for me? Mm, we'll see. Give me your formal report as soon as possible. <sighs> okay. As always, we are coming to you live from the Lazy Turnip Inn in the heart of Half Hill, the little town that time forgot and the years can't improve. We hope you'll drop by and visit sometime soon. And when you do, don't forget to ask Den Den for a cold, refreshing Storm Stout brew. Brewed right here in the valley by the fine Pandarans at Storm Stout Brewery. When in doubt, reach for a Storm Stout. Well, thanks for joining me again this week, and be sure to tune in later this week for another thrilling episode of The Lone Farstrider. Join The Lone Farstrider and her faithful companion Tokala in this week's adventure, Death in Deep Coil. Hey, and all you cubs out there, be sure to have your Lone Forest Rider secret decoder ring ready when you listen for a special message only for members of the Lone Forest Riders Club. See you next week, and remember, free Pandaria. The Half Hill Report is a fan-created fictional radio broadcast based on World of Warcraft. All place names, character names, and music from World of Warcraft used in the Half Hill Report are the exclusive property of Blizzard Entertainment. World of Warcraft is a trademark or registered trademark of Blizzard Entertainment Inc. in the U.S. and other countries. No copyright or trademark infringement is intended by the Half Hill Report. If you would like to reach us, you can find us on Twitter at Half Hill Report or drop us an email at halfhillreport at yahoo.com. Com. This show is brought to you by Dragon Powered Studio. Find more at DragonPoweredStudio.com.